Igniting, inspiring, and evoking the fire within. Something I tell my kids, which is really true for everyone, you know, there's, to me, there's problems. And then what I say to my kids is there's bummers. <laughs> so being a mom is really hard and it's okay. It doesn't make you a failure because you need a little help. It'll make you a better mom. It'll make you a better mom. Anything that reduces your own stress and inner turmoil is going to make you a better mom. So take care of yourself and ask for help when you need it. You're listening to the What's Your Inspiration podcast with Fox Buyer. Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the What's Your Inspiration podcast. Today, uh, a friend of a friend on that was recommended a few episodes ago by Jim Mulvey. She is Bridget Cutler, the founder and director of Moms Helping Moms Foundation. Bridget, how are you today? I'm great, Fox. How are you? Better than I deserve <laughs> is, is my standard my standard answer. We have the weather breaking here in New Jersey, and um, yeah, I'm better than usual and better than I deserve. Right. So, so Bridget and I got connected by um, a few episodes ago, and we interviewed Jim Mulvey. And uh, Bridget, you uh, you um, come highly recommended by my good friend Jim, and I'm very excited to get into uh, moms helping moms in this podcast. Uh, why don't you speak to that a little bit? I'll give you everyone a little bit of a background on it. Moms Helping Moms, established in 2011, was a simple idea by a group of, of new mothers who had the common idea that no baby should ever go without basic needs, and it's based in Warren, New Jersey. Is that correct? Correct. Yep, that's all accurate. Okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, just speak to that a little bit, what it's all about. Sure. Um, so I started Moms Helping Moms um, almost 10 years ago. And to be totally honest, I, I started the nonprofit sort of accidentally. Um, what happened was I had a new baby. Um, I had left my job. I worked in this in New York City at a hedge fund. And I left my job about a year prior to get a degree in teaching, actually. Um, while I was doing that, I had my first daughter. And one day I was rocking her down, you know, for a nap. She was about a month old. And I read an article about a mother who had given up her baby for adoption because she could no longer stand to hear her baby crying because she was hungry and she didn't have enough formula for the baby and she couldn't breastfeed. So she ended up giving her baby up for adoption, which is something that, you know, whether or not you're a parent, anyone in the world, I think can imagine how horrifying that would be. Um, sure. So, I'm not a dad. So I mean, I, I, I feel that for sure. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, I'm sitting here in my apartment with my little baby and I'm kind of looking around at all of the stuff that we have and thinking about how expensive it all is and, and how many things you need to, to take care of like these tiny little human beings. And at the same time, um, I'm the youngest of five. So I had tons of hand-me-downs, you know, every baby gear you could imagine. I had like two of everything on my husband's side. It was the first grandchild. So we were getting showered with gifts. I mean, there were gifts coming daily from people I had never even heard of, which was amazing. It was amazing to be in that situation, but it got me thinking about the moms who can't do that. And also about, Hmm, does one baby really need all this stuff? <laughs> maybe, 
maybe, maybe not. And I had a, a lot of, I joined a new mom's group. So I had a lot of friends that had also just had babies and were in the same boat and we'd meet up and everyone was kind of swapping things back and forth. And one day I just said, Hey, you know, this is wonderful, but we can already afford all of these things. So maybe let's take these things and try to give them to families who can't afford them. So that was the idea that started everything. And initially I just wanted to take up a collection and find a place to donate. So I did, and I had a lot of stuff. I had a storage room full of stuff and you know, I, I washed the clothes, I organized it, I got it all ready. And then I started making phone calls and that's where I hit a roadblock. Um, because what I learned was there at that time was no central agency in New Jersey that was distributing baby essentials, um, to families. I learned about a lot of amazing nonprofits that are helping low-income families in various ways, but this was kind of the missing piece of the puzzle. And none of those existing organizations had the staff capacity or even the storage space to be able to take these items, keep them organized, distribute them to families. They just, you know, working in the nonprofit world, you learn pretty quickly that everyone's always has way too much to do and not enough time to do it. Right. So I had all of these things that had been given to me and I said, well, I guess I'll just start giving them out myself because what else was I going to do? So I started um, actually out of my garage and I just set the items up and I posted some flyers. Um, I lived in Hoboken at the time, which is pretty economically diverse. So I went to, I knew there were some, um, you know, um, low income housing buildings, right? There's one right next to me. I knew, I knew of others I had called the town. So I just posted up some flyers and said, Hey, free baby stuff. And people showed up and they were a little confused the first time, (laughs) (laughs) maybe a little wary that, you know, I had an ulterior motive, but I didn't. Um, so that's how moms helping moms got started 10 years ago. And we've evolved obviously a lot. We've gone through so many different changes. And now I think we're finally in our permanent state of, you know, how, how we're organized, how, how we run our organization and what our, our mission is. So that's the, that's the story. And we're sitting here a decade later, a decade later. Bridget, <laughs> I can recall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can recall in, uh, in high school, I mean, sitting in my, my health class and it was, it was a picture of, of, of a baby and the caption below was, this is the, the late 1990s. And it said, it costs $474 a month to take care of a baby. I don't know where they got that number from, but, but what do you feel like, um, I don't want to just say monetarily, but give us like the three uh, key traits for a mother. Key traits for a mother. Okay. So I would say patience, patience. <laughs> number one. Um, that's a area that I struggle in, but um, I envy those moms who are more patient than I am. Um, I think you need to be, whatever your financial situation, you need to be really resourceful because having kids is just, things change from one second to the next. Um, and it's a, having a baby is a very, very hard job. So you have to kind of just be resourceful and, and adaptable and willing to go with the flow and understand that things are most of the time not going to go the way that you hope that they would go. Um, and the third thing I would say, you know, probably, and maybe this kind of goes hand in hand with patience, but the ability to keep yourself calm and grounded and centered because 
you know, like I said, it's a, it's a very hard job. It's the hardest job I've ever had. And I worked in public accounting, you know, a thousand hours a week. <laughs> uh, it's, it's really, really difficult. And taking care of yourself is just as important as taking care of your baby. Because if mom's not right, um, that trickles down to the entire family. So the ability to, you know, take a step back for a second, and no matter how many things that you have to do for your baby or your children, you need to make sure that you're okay. Because if you're not okay, nobody's going to be okay. That's a, a great point. And I, as, a, as a teacher, um, those traits are, are uh, key as well. So we have temperance, uh, resourcefulness, um, are, are, are definite are definite keys to, uh, to to be to being a good mom. When when I say the word mom, what what comes to mind for you? You know, for me, um, I always wanted kids. It wasn't something that I was you know so anxious to do, but I, I knew someday I would have children. Um, it is like you hear everybody say, you know, it's the greatest thing in the world. You know, your kids, you have kids and your entire life changes, all your priorities change, you know, everything kind of becomes about, about your children. And I think most moms, I know for myself, it makes you want to be a better person. You know, um, I curse a lot. <laughs> My mom has a, has a truck driver mouth and, um, which you, you wouldn't know if you met her cause she's like a sweet, you know, older lady, but, um, when I had kids, you know, I'm like, Oh, okay. Maybe I shouldn't be the mom. That's always dropping F bombs, you know, on the background. <laughs> it kind of makes you take stock in your own life and, and think about what, you know, what you want to pass on to your children and what example you want to set for them. So it's, you know, being a mom is, I would say amazing and wonderful and it's a gift. And I feel blessed that I, I was able to, to be a mom and have two kids. Um, it's also about being a role model. Um, and, being able to give up most of yourself while your children are small, um, to be able to put them first and make sure they're taken care of. So doing that while, you know, what I already kind of mentioned also taking care of yourself, it's, it's tough. So moms have to be, you know, um, we just, we need to wear a lot of hats kind of at all times and, and, um, it can be really hard, <laughs> but it's, it's very, very, very rewarding. It's really I'm a, a family of four. And so, um, you know, and, and to this day, my mother, and my parents are, are uh, fully engaged. And as I've, I've, got, I've, I've gotten older, I've uh, come to appreciate it even more and more and more. So kudos to all you moms out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your life stop. It's, you know, stops being your life and, and your life kind of becomes just all about the kids, you know, for a while. As they get older, you get more of a balance. But um, it's certainly a sacrifice, um, but it's worth it. Have you seen, there's a video on YouTube, it's a job interview, and the people interviewing for it have no idea what it's about, and the the uh, interviewer talks about, well, it's unlimited hours, um, <laughs> there's no pay, you're constantly on your feet, um, and there's there's no vacation, and the, the, the ones being interviewed are like, this, this is terrible, this is abuse, uh, mm -hmm. what's the name of the job? Uh, it's, it's a mom. Yeah. So and not to mention that you may and will be woken up at all hours of the night and you have to, be <laughs> to survive on, you know, zero to four hours of sleep for, for months on end. <laughs> oh. It's tough. It's, it's everything you've heard about it is, is true. But it, again, at the end of the day, it's my, you know, it's what I'm most proud of. It's what I care the most about and being able to help knowing 
how much it means to me and how hard it is and being able to help other mothers that are struggling because, you know, these, in my mind, kind of small things that, you know, these small fixable things, um, you know, I would imagine that not being able to provide those basic things for your children. I mean, that's something that's every day you're hit with that and um, probably feel a little bit like a failure if you can't provide what you need to provide for your kids. So, you know, that's a lot of the reason why I, I do what I do, because I know that being a mom is so hard, but also so wonderful. And I'm honored to be able to help other moms so that they can be, you know, their best selves for their kids. Outstanding. Outstanding. That's a, a, a great start here to, to the interview. Now, Bridget, we're going to get into a game called What, Which, and Where. And <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to quote somebody that's, that's near and dear to you, or I'll quote a oh, book no. that's near, near and dear <laughs> to you. Uh, so uh, a spur of the moment kind of thing. And you're going to tell us uh, from, from where it came. Are you ready? I guess. <laughs> I mean, you're a mom. You're ready for anything. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so here we go in what, which, and where. <clears throat> okay. Quote number one, always remember that you are absolutely unique, just like everyone else. Hmm. Can you tell me, I know I had given you, like, I think some books that I liked, and um, is it a book? It's a person, and she it's may have written a book, and I'm not aware that she's not a Is it Michelle Obama? It's not. Ah, okay. Can you tell me again? Always remember. Sure. Always remember that you are absolutely unique, just like everyone else. Hmm. Is it Dr. Seuss? I don't know. <laughs> it's not. It's not. That, that's another good guess. <laughs> Somewhere between Dr. Seuss and Michelle Obama. Yes. <laughs> I'm not sure, Fox. I'm sorry. It's Margaret Mead. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. And I should have gotten that. You're right. Just trying to tee that up, and um, um, as you wrote in, in, in you know the pre-interview questions, it could always be worse. What, what are some ways that you typically um, show gratitude for your situation during the day? Um, so, you know, that's a that's a quote for any you know anytime ever, right? Somebody always has it worse than you, but it's, it's especially true these days. Right. So, um, I really just try not to let myself get bogged down with my own problems. Um, and I, I I think I'm, I've gotten, as I've gotten older and had kids and, you know, tried to be a better person, I have definitely gotten better at putting things into perspective. So when I catch myself, um, kind of going down a mental path of feeling sorry for myself or being, you know, really mad about something or frustrated by something, um, I'm pretty good at catching myself and stopping and saying, okay, this is, this isn't the end of the world. You're going to be okay. And, and something I tell my kids, which is really true for everyone, you know, there's, to me, there's problems. And then what I say to my kids is there's bummers. <laughs> so, you know, a problem is my car broke down and I don't have money to fix it. Right. Or, um, you know, for my world, I don't know where I'm going to get diapers from to put on my baby. A bummer is, you know, for my kids, it's like, you know, their favorite show isn't having season two or, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but you know, for my own life, that's how I try to look at things. Like, is this something I really need to sit down and think about and figure out and, and kind of should be upset about, and I can allow myself to be upset about it. Or is it something that I can just fix 
and make it go away. And then it's no longer a problem. Or is it something that just kind of, again, a bummer, you know, like something that's like, oh, shucks, that happened. And I didn't like it, but it's not the end of the world and I'm going to move on. Um, and I will say, I think I was not always this way where I was able to kind of catch myself in these, in these moments and get myself back down to earth. But I do, you know, I've been meditating for eight or nine years and I do a lot of, um, I journal, you know, I do all those things. If you Google kind of self-care, I think I do everything on that list. Um, but I'll say, you know, I, I actually have had pretty intense anxiety my whole life. Um, and I've tried many, many things I've tried, you know, I try running, I do yoga, I've tried medication briefly and nothing, you know, seemed to be having a positive effect on me. The only thing that I've had in my life that has really helped me is meditation. So if anyone's listening, you know, it's, uh, it's really simple. It's not this thing where you'll read books where it says, oh, you have to sit straight up and you have to have your feet on the ground and you have to do it for the, none of that's true. It's really just about what, the more you do it, the more you're able to kind of catch yourself and say, all right, I need to come back down to earth. Um, and the more you do it, um, the easier it is. And also sometimes, you know, I'm like, I have two minutes. I'm just going to close my eyes and breathe. And you would be amazed at how helpful that is. Especially in these days of staring at a screen all of the time, being yeah. intentional with your thoughts is, is, uh, is, is precious. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. For sure. I like that. Problems and bummers. I'm thinking about like a problem period. You know, you have bummers on the bottom and then as you go up, the, the problems become problems. And you have to realize which ones are which. I like that. Problems and bummers. You know, my son tends, he's a great kid, but sometimes we joke that he's like a, like a grumpy old man. You know, he, he does, he just, <laughs> for whatever reason, will you know, kind of say negative things. And so I have to be like, Declan, is this, is this a bummer? It seems like a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what? Yeah, it's a bummer. And then, and it, it helps. It does. Yeah. Not the times you look back on what you thought were problems days ago or years ago, and then they really were not. Yeah. It doesn't mean you can't be upset or mad or frustrated or sad about it. It just means don't, you can't dwell on it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Okay. Uh, here's the second one in what, which, and where. It's a great discussion off of that question. And the, the <laughs> I can make up for getting the first question wrong. <laughs> you got it. You, you've got this. I think you'll get it. It goes like this. For me, becoming isn't about arriving somewhere <laughs> or achieving a certain aim. That is Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama. <laughs> in, in her book, Becoming, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously, you've read that book. I have. It's, it's, she's an amazing woman. She's just so inspirational. Um, you know, she just was somebody that worked, she worked hard her entire life. I mean, when she was a young child, she just had this insane drive. Um, she's just very impressive. I don't think there are many people in the world that don't, that, you know, maybe, maybe there are, I know that there are many, many millions of people that would agree with me. So I probably don't have to go on about how awful Michelle Obama is, but. <laughs> no, I've read her book. I've read the, 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 her autobiography, which is impressive. So I'm familiar with her background growing up on the South side of Chicago mm -hmm. and, and, and um, is just very, very ambitious from, from, from step one. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty astounding. Um, the other thing I, I really admire about her is, is her ability or to 
you know, when she was, when they, when Barack Obama and, and Michelle, when they were on the White House, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff going on that really, that affected her children and her husband and, and just things that are generally like, so were so offensive to them as human beings. And she has always handled herself with such, you know, grace and confidence and just seems like, you know, the stuff does bother her. She writes about it in her book, but you wouldn't know, you know, she doesn't let the haters <laughs> get to her, um, which is not an easy thing to do. You know, I could never, I, I've been asked one, you know, if I would ever run for like a local office or something and every single time, like, nope, nope, no way. No, I would never ever do that. Cause I could never handle all that negativity. And, and she does, and she's just, she's amazing. It's, it seems from what, you know, you just said, uh, she became very good at responding to situations by using journaling instead of, instead of just reacting to it. I mean, of course yeah. she had her feelings and her opinions, but um, I think there was a, there's a time period between receiving the information and then giving you a response. And she's become a, an, an artist at that. Yes. An artist at yes. That. You, yeah. You hit the nail right on the head. And, and, and a great, great example. I did not have that gift. So <laughs> I, I, I think you should be changing yourself. Yeah. You don't want to, you know, say something mean about my kids or my mom or yeah, you don't, you don't want to go there with me. I don't, I, I would not react the way that she does. Yeah. <laughs> I have a friend that would always say something like this to that. I, I have, um, I have no right not to react to that. It's kind of, yeah, a, yeah that's a, yeah, that's a good kind of the way. We looked at it, you know, as we wrap up here to talk about the influence your mom has had on your life. Sure. So I think, again, as I, as I get older, um, you real, I realize more and more how influenced I am by her and, um, in how many different ways, you know, things that weren't apparent when I was maybe in college, but looking back, you know, both of, both of my parents are very, you know, open-minded, kind-hearted, open-armed kind of people. Um, I only lived with my dad till I was five. So, you know, my mom obviously had a lot more of an impact on me, but so she was, a, she was a nurse, which, you know, I think just that in and of itself is it takes a special person to be a nurse. Um, but on top of that, she, you know, I'm very open-minded and accepting and, you know, tr truly don't understand, you know, I don't understand true racist people. I don't understand people that don't, that think, you know, your sexual orientation is a choice that you make. Um, I, I, there's a lot of things I don't understand because I didn't grow up in a house that questioned anything. You know, my mom was just so accepting of everyone. I, I rarely heard her say a bad word about anybody. Um, she was also, um, so, uh, inclusive. So, you know, random different holidays. Well, for one thing, again, something I didn't realize when I was little, but as an adult is very impressive. My parents were divorced. Um, and my, my father had, was with somebody who had been previously kind of a close family relation. <laughs> and my mom would still every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, every Easter, they, my father would be there. She would be there. She welcomed them and whomever, you know, he brought along with him because she wanted us to be together as a family. And not only that, but we always had what I would call, you know, strays. <laughs> we would always have an extra guest or two because, you know, there was a doctor visiting, doing a visiting, um, visiting from Africa for a year. 
and he didn't have family. So he came for Thanksgiving. You know, one year we had a family that didn't speak any English. <laughs> they spoke no English, but they were, I think, lived um, next to a, an apartment that my stepfather owned. And somehow my mom caught wind that they had nowhere to go. So guess what? They were at our house for, for Thanksgiving, even though, you know, it was just a lot of smiling and, and waving and pointing at things. So, yeah. you know, she just was somebody who, you know, my sister's, one of my sister's friends lived with us for a while because she was just in a, going through a tough time. So she just was somebody who always, you know, what it wasn't very obvious, um, but she was very accepting and very, you know, always wanted to help people if somebody needed help and she found out about it and she could do something to help them she would and that's not a small thing because um not everybody's wired that way so on top of that my mom you know worked full-time and had five kids <laughs> which I always ask her now you know I'm like what what did you do for you little how did you live and and being a nurse she wasn't it wasn't always nine to five. So she had to work at night sometimes and, you know, come home exhausted and have like babies. Um, and she told me, she said, you know what? Sometimes I would just go in my room and close the door <laughs> and that's it. When it got to be overwhelming, I went in my room and I shut the door and I do that now. I do. I, um, we have a nice little chair in my bedroom and <laughs> feel like things, you know, I'm about to be want to yell at somebody or something. I just, I go in my room, I shut the door and a couple minutes later, I feel better. So yeah, possibly I'm, meditate for a couple minutes and yeah. you're right back. I can see how, how the, you know, the reflection of your mom and you and how moms helping moms is about this, this lineage that started with, with, with your mom's year ago. It's so cool. Really cool. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, um, I really feel honored to be able to do this work. You know, it's, I'm not, um, I had to take a very big pay cut <laughs> to do this work. And I'm thankful that my, our family was able to, to, you know, do that because not everybody has that opportunity. So I, I really truly love what I do and I feel honored to be able to do it. Good stuff. And I'm thankful that my mom raised me the way she did to, to kind of look out into the world and see where there are, you know, potential problems that maybe I could help fix. It seems like you're solving a lot of them just through your own selflessness. It really, really is. Kudos to you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I wouldn't, um, you know, I'm not totally selfless. I do lock myself in my room. <laughs> <laughs> I like my alone time, you know, um, but thank you. That's, that's it's very But in the end, it's for the good of everyone else involved. Yeah, it, it is. That I think was, you know, my calling. And um, I don't feel like it's, I'm this special person. It's just what it's kind of something I always gravitated towards and I'm, I'm grateful that I can now do it full time. I used to, you know, when I worked in other places, I always volunteered and I love that. That was what I loved and, and what, you know, I was passionate about. So now it's like anybody else. It's like a little cheesy, but this is kind of my dream job. So it, you know, it goes both ways. Yes, we're helping, but also I'm getting a lot out of it in return. Win-win. You know, Bridget, we know all heroes don't wear a cape. But if you had an opportunity to take a one-hour car ride with the following two people, who, who would it be and why? Would it be Michelle Obama or would it be Margaret Mead? Who? That's a that's a that's a tough one. Um, I probably have to go Michelle Obama. I don't know because you know I there's um, I respect them both 
so much, you know, more than words can express, but I think I know a little bit more about Michelle Obama. I know that she'd be a fun person to hang out with. (laughs) So I might tilt a little in that direction for that, for that reason. Got you. And what would be the first question you would ask her? How she dealt with all of that (laughs) and how she continues to deal with it. You know, it's, um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, how, how do you keep your cool when ever, you know, people are kind of out to get you and how do you mm-hmm. ignore that and move on and, and be productive? I kind of want to see you fail, but, but, uh, she didn't and she won't. So yeah. good stuff. Can you share some advice for, for, for moms who feel like they've, they've hit rock bottom? Well, you know, it depends if that rock bottom is, is a mental thing, uh, you know, I would highly recommend meditation. You know, again, it's, you can do it for five minutes a day and I swear it, it changes your life. Um, for moms that are struggling maybe in other ways, um, or, you know, actually for moms, those same moms or moms that are struggling with other things as well, such as getting, you know, diapers. Um, I would say reach out to your friends and your family. You know, it doesn't, it, it, obviously there's places like moms helping moms where they can come for help, but also, I never asked for help when my second was born and my kids were really close together. And the first six months of my son's life, they were amazing and wonderful because I had, you know, these two babies, but they were also the hardest time of my whole life. It was so hard. I wasn't, you know, no, nobody was sleeping. I just literally felt like I was out of my mind. And in hindsight, I have amazing sisters. I have an amazing mother and I have amazing friends. And I didn't, reach out to any of them for help. And I'm not sure why, but, um, that would be my best advice is, you know, ask for help. Every, everyone knows that being a mom is really hard and it's okay. It doesn't make you a failure because you need a little help. It'll make you a better mom. It'll make you a better mom. Anything that reduces your own stress and inner turmoil is going to make you a better mom. So take care of yourself and ask for help when you need it. Well, but stage advice, stage advice. Can you share any uh, uh, upcoming events for moms helping moms? Sure. So unfortunately, every year actually around this time, um, we have a gala, a big you know, evening event, um, and we get a really huge chunk of our annual revenue from that event. So we, we're not able to have that this year, which is obviously a big bummer. <laughs> um <laughs> But um, we are planning, excuse me, to do some smaller events and hopefully even maybe some outdoor events um, around Mother's Day. So if anybody who is listening is interested, um, our website is momshelpingmomsfoundation.org. And you can find us on on Facebook and Instagram. And we do post daily. So any um, information about any upcoming events will be on there. I think we'll likely be having... um, some diaper drives, whether they're in the past, we've done some that have had, you know, music and games and fun things like that. And food this year, we just, we had a drive through one because of COVID. So I would say we're definitely going to have some form of drive or multiple drives in May. We're just not sure what they're going to look like yet, but yeah, the best way to stay uh, tuned into what we're doing is probably Facebook and Instagram and our website. Perfect. And I'll, I'll post those in the uh, in the, the show notes so everybody can access them um, easily, easily. So great. Bridget, this is this has been great. Thank you for your time, your space and your perspective on on being a mom. 
Thank you, Fox. I really appreciate you talking to me today. It's nice to meet you. It's been my pleasure. This will wrap up episode 60 of the What's Your Inspiration podcast. Bridget and I will talk to you all later. Take good care. You have been listening to the What's Your Inspiration podcast with Fox Buyer. Because impact on each other is the greatest currency you could ever have.